Never were there more speeches about the idea of America than in Hollywood films in the late 30s into the 40s, when fascism was at its height. Written by some of the great screenwriters, spoken by movie stars, these speeches became a genre of their own, and they addressed Americans about the dire state of the world as directly as movies ever have. How am I going to know about you, Tommy? You could start with the familiar Grapes of Wrath speech, Henry Fonda as Tom Joad, the words by screenwriter Nunnally Johnson, adapting the Steinbeck Depression-era novel. In the 1940 movie, Joad is talking about the one big soul that belongs to everybody. I'll be all around in the dark. I'll be everywhere, wherever you can look. Wherever there's a fight so hungry people can eat, I'll be there. Wherever there's a cop beating up a guy, I'll be there. But even before that, in 1938, Fonda did another one in the film Blockade, tougher even, about the Spanish Civil War. It's a very direct confrontation of the audience to think about fascism. It's startling when you see that today. Author and film historian Janine Basinger says the war in Spain was something Hollywood tended to avoid. This John Howard Lawson script didn't avoid it, especially in Fonda's final speech. He turns directly to the audience at the end and talks about, you know, this is a war against women and children, bombing homes. Peace? Where can you find it? Our country's been turned into a battlefield. There's no safety for old people and children. Women can't keep their families safe in their houses. They can't be safe in their own fields. By this time, Henry Fonda is looking right into the lens, right at us. It's murder! Murder of innocent people! There's no sense to it. The world can stop it. Where's the conscience of the world? These stirring cries and warnings found their way into movies even when the stories were about other eras, other subjects. The 1940 film Dr. Ehrlich's Magic Bullet, with a script by John Huston and others, is about a German-Jewish scientist trying to find a cure for syphilis. And here he is, it's Edward G. Robinson in the role, on his deathbed. Dr. Ehrlich gives this speech about fighting not just a disease like syphilis, but fighting diseases of the soul. David Welke wrote the book, The Moguls and the Dictators. They're not talking about Nazis, to come, but they're talking about Nazis. There will be epidemics of greed, hate, ignorance. We must fight them in life as we fought syphilis in the laboratory. And in the same year, 1940, in The Great Dictator, Charlie Chaplin, with a Hitler mustache, famously bouncing a floating world globe off his behind, turns around at the end and looks right into the camera for his speech. In this world there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. Chaplin just keeps talking. He wrote and filmed the speech just a week after France had fallen to the Germans. By the end, he's working at a fever pitch. Let us fight for a world of reason, a world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! (laughs) 
A little later, after America officially entered the war, the OWI, the Office of War Information, was formed, 1942, and they were very interested in Hollywood, for obvious reasons. Eighty million people in America went to the movies every week, so that was two-thirds of the population. The OWI and the studios joined forces, keeping up morale on the home front, reminding people what was at stake, as in the family drama, Since You Went Away, in which an immigrant co-worker's speech to her new friend, played by Claudette Colbert, pictures Colbert as a symbol in the journey from uninvolved American housewife to committed and working American welder. What do we want America to be? You are what I thought America was. What I meant when I prayed with little Yank. Watch on the Rhine, written by Dashiell Hammett, from the play by Lillian Hellman, is about another family's reckoning with wartime reality when they discover a Nazi in the family by marriage. Well, we've been shaken out of the magnolias. That film has about a speech a minute most of them spoken by Paul Lucas, who won the Oscar for his portrayal of a heroic anti-fascist activist. I do it. I have done it before. And I will do it again. And I will always keep my hope that we may make a world in which all men can die in bed. I have great hate for the violent. They are the sick of the world. Betty Davis, as his wife, gets some words in, too. Papa said, we have struggled through from darkness. But man moves forward with each day and each hour to a better, freer life. Of course, as we know, Hollywood was always interested in profit. But what about us? And in that era, the movies could even combine profit, sentiment, self-sacrifice, and a certain kind of attitude. I'm no good at being noble, but it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. Someday you'll understand that. So that's the kind of sacrifice Americans are asked to make, is to put your personal desires on hold in order to fight a greater cause. Author of Projections of War, Thomas Doherty. And a film like Casablanca communicates that, plus all these other great values, right? A few years later, Hollywood would lose its collective nerve regarding politics. But during this period, the studios dramatically pulled together. They knew this had to be their moment. And that this was a place in the dark where you would be speaking directly to the average American person and this was important and so these speeches reflect in many ways what they thought Americans would respond to, that Americans would care, that they did have consciences. Hear, hear. All that was long ago but seems not so very far away as we live through our own speechified, which side are you on? moment. It's Fishko Files. I'm Sarah Fishko. I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. 
In print or here on the podcast, The New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for The New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts.